I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First strike here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross, here at Circa, uh, Circa Sports in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we've got the last fight card of 2022. And it should be a rather intriguing main event between Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. Right about even money we've been seeing all week. And I'll break it down here with Lou Finicaro, Jordan Sherwood, Dan Vreeland, and Reed Kuhn for this final card of 2022. So without further ado, let's get to the man that you can follow on Twitter as I do, at Gamblu and the host of the About Business Podcast. He is Lou Finicaro. Join us every Tuesday for First Strike, First Look. Lou, you and I take a look at these numbers and see if they might change. Obviously, you look at those weigh-ins very, very closely. When we get to the main event here for Jared Cannonier against Sean Strickland, what did you notice for these middleweights? Anything on the scale that might tip your hand? Because this fight has been pretty even across the board here all fight week. First of all, Dave, this is a great show. I'm always pleased to be invited on. Thank you so much. As far as main event, uh, interesting uh, that it only took Strickland about 20 minutes or so to weigh in. He weighed in fine. He looked a little off. Mm -hmm. And then I had to kind of send it back and turn the sound way up. But that cut wasn't that good to him. He made a comment coming off the stage that he may have to start to go to 205 because the cut was affecting him. Now, he could be playing gamey because Strickland's nutty like that, <laughs> uh, but he did look a little off, and and I would just say slow and lethargic on the scale. Uh, Cannoneer came out after him, made weight fine, and I don't anticipate any problem. That's just something to watch there. Then one other fighter down the line that Machate uh, came in for what I think 155 pounds, 158 and a half. That's pretty big miss. Mm -hmm. The guy's six foot. He's pressing the size for the division, and uh, now he comes in a couple of pounds over against an undersized Rafa Garcia. Unfortunate for Garcia because I view that as a pretty good advantage for Machate. Yeah, Machate right now plus a dollar thirty, even though missing that weight. Uh, Rafa Garcia minus a dollar fifty. So again, at that main event. Uh, which, again, that total's been sitting right around four and a half. You can get some other shops out there. Might offer some three and a halves as well. So you notice the weight cuts there. Maybe not the best for Sean Strickland. Does that factor in? Because, again, I, I think we think, coming off the Alex Pajara fight, 
obviously he's got to keep his hands up here, uh, even against a guy like Cannoneer. Is this a fight that goes deep into the night here at four and a half rounds? The over slightly juiced at minus $1.30. If you like the under four and a half, you can get some plus money at plus $1.05. How do you see the style for this main event going? Dave, I see the style as having one fighter that's a professional that comes in with a plan that will stick to said plan. That's Cannoneer, leg attack, bludgeoning power. I have another fighter in Strickland that showed us against Pereira that he should have wrestled, didn't, chose to stand up with a world-class kickboxing talent, play him at his own game, and keep his hands down. Strickland is the guy that James Brown was talking about in the song, The Big Payback, (laughs) where the guy says, I don't know karate, I know crazy. And that's how Strickland fights. He's nuts. He doesn't mind getting hit. He tries to intimidate with pressure. Doesn't really have an abundance of power, but he pitter-patters you when he's on, uses his range. But will he use his range? As soon as he gets kicked in the shin or elbowed in the teeth, Everything goes out the window and it's a brawl and that plays right into the hands of Cannoneer in my estimation. I don't know how you can bet Strickland as mentally off as unable to stick to a plan as the kid is. So you're going to bet him this time planning on him using IQ in this fight and he's never used it before. I can't. I'm totally with you. It's really tough. He's an enigma right now, Sean Strickland. We all see the talent. We all know it's there. But after watching the Pajara fight and you're going up against one of the biggest punchers, as Israel Adesanya found out again, and you keep your hands down to get knocked out, you go, you go, what in the world was the pre-fight strategy there? So, you know, Cannoneer, as you mentioned, kind of the pro here out of these two, you know what you can get from Jared Cannoneer, a very professional uh, output there. But again, it is even money now, minus ten either way. Uh, But I understand where you're coming from here that you might want to back the more professional fighter, and that would be uh, Cannoneer for sure. I do want to go down this fight card a little bit and some of your other picks that you have. When you look at Bobby Green, and he had a lot to say this week. I know that raised some eyebrows with certainly some of the Russian fighters out there, but he's going up against a guy that's tough as nails and Drew Drew Dober. And Dober can be a guy that looks like he can be out and still somehow turn around a fight. Bobby Green is the the betting underdog here, plus an hour 30. Uh, Dober minus $1.50, potentially a three-round matchup here. What do you make of Bobby Green in the week he's had leading up to this very high-profile lightweight bout? Bobby Green is as authentic as a person, a human being, as you'll find in the UFC. He tells it straight. He's got got dynamic experience, been in with the best. He also has the ability to be very moody and inconsistent in his performances. So how do we try and get the timing of the guy? Well, the first thing that we know is that he recently this week in his press conferences addressed the issue that he had. He took a a substance that Mm -hmm. he didn't know was banned. USADA gave him a very light penalty. Everyone knew it was a mistake. He's not a cheater. He served his time, but he's rankled over that. And he's focused because of it. Now add another layer on top of that, and that is Drew Dober calling him out. Uh, Dober 34, 
and Bobby Green, 36. Not a big age difference. And we know that Bobby Green's going to be the more athletic guy that is the counterpuncher, needs room, going to accrue volume. And Dober's going to shuck and jive and bob and weave like Smoke and Joe and get in there and try and knock Bobby's block off. I think this is a very bad matchup for Dober. I think Bobby Green's going to paint his fence. And I really like Bobby Green as an underdog. And you can get him as a bigger dog to win by decision at two to one here. Again, plus a dollar forty if you like the under. If you don't think this thing's going to go to the cards, any chance he can get the KOTK or DQ and frustrate Dober here? Eight to one if you think Bobby Green can get it done that way. Yeah, sure, but but no, I think in practicality, mm-hmm. what he does is he accrues points and he just counter punches him to death as Dober's coming in, and he does it via points. Let's not forget, he completely whitewashed Rafael Fazeev in the third round of their fight in a fight that he arguably won. Uh, Bobby Green should not be underestimated. Yeah, that's a great point, Fazeev, uh, getting the benefit of that decision that night. Let's go down this board a little bit. Michael Oleg Jaychuk is going to take on Cody Brundridge here. And Michael O right now is a big favorite, minus 285, Brundridge plus 240. What do you make of this matchup here? Is the underdog live in your estimation? You know, here I like the favorite, and I'll tell you why I like the favorite. Here's an undersized guy, Ola Cheka, Michael O, fighting at uh, 205, and he's competing at 205. He just can't compete with the size of the guy. He drops now to 85. The kid is mean. He doesn't have a lick of wrestling, but he's got power in his hands, and he's got good takedown defense, and he knows what's coming. He's been preparing all camp for Albert Duryev, a guy that fights in the exact same manner as Cody Brundage. The difference is that Cody Brundage is a little chinny and doesn't have very sophisticated striking or strike defense. I look for Michael O to be too strong, too big, too powerful on his feet. And in fact, rather than eat all that price, Let's take him inside the distance at minus 130 or minus 135. I think he finishes Cody Brundage. There it, there it is. And again, if you think he gets it done by KO, TK, or DQ, Michael O is minus $1.05 by sub, the longer shot there, plus 650. And again, uh, you don't like the decision prop there, plus 350. Think Michael O can get Brundage out of there a little chinny. As my mom now knows, that means... You know, he doesn't take a really good punch anymore as he's getting a little bit older. I wanted to go to the co-main event, Lulee, and this is a really intriguing fight, obviously. Uh, when you look at uh, Tarzukin against Is- Ismagulov here, and right now Demir is the uh, small underdog here. Tarzukin about uh, getting priced up a little bit as the week has gone on since our talk on Tuesday, minus $1.90 for Armin here. What do you make of this matchup? Because I, I think a lot of people think this could be fight of the night. I don't know that it ends up getting fight of the night because it's going to be so poised and and strategic. Uh, I, I believe that Izmagulov is going to have to use range and he's going to have to require this fight to be competed on the feet for him to have success, in my opinion. I think Sarukian is going to, he knows from his fight against Gamrat that he, A, has to be able to wrestle early as well. He has to be busier. I look for Sarukian to be just a little too much for Ismagulov. This is not a fight I'm using at all, but I think this is a tough spot for Ismagulov, and I look for Sarukian to have his way in this fight, maybe even finish it. Wow. It's a fight uh, we talked a little bit about on Tuesday, Alex Caceres. 
Uh, Bruce Leroy back in there against Julian Arosa here. Caceres, a small dog here, plus $1.40, $1.45 out there. Arosa, minus $1.70. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday. Any change from what you saw today? You know, it's very rare that you see a guy that's taller and kind of lankier than Caceres, but he sees that here in Arosa, who's 6'1 against a 5'10 guy weighing in uh, at 145 pounds. Right, and the last time we got a fight like that was Caceres and Yair Rodriguez, and it was really an outstanding uh, fight that took place on the feed and cartwheels and the whole deal. <laughs> this could be a little bit like that. I still think it's a bad spot for Alex, but that's a kid that trained here in Phoenix who I'm acquainted with, and I can only want good things for him. He's a mature-centered, great young kid. My heart says Caceres. My head says uh, Erosa, and so my legs say run. 20 seconds. Tell people what they get when they check out the Bout Business podcast. They're going to get 16 to 18 minutes of our final releases. We're entering the final uh, card of the year. White hot. Dave, thanks for having me on, and good luck to everybody listening in. Yeah, the, for the final time in 2022, Lou, we appreciate you. Come on back. Jordan Sherwood next in Chicago. It is First Strike on these. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for all MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for all of the terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, Dave Ross in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to go back out to Chicago to catch up with Jordan Sherwood. Of course, you can follow Jordan as I do at Wood on ESPN 1000. And of course, he is the host of the unnamed MMA podcast. Very quickly, still a podcast without a name, but it's rolling on in the great city of Chicago. It is, and uh, we'll we'll have our uh, this week's version out later today to preview this this upcoming fight card and tomorrow night. But yeah, no name. Not gonna, not going to reinvent the wheel and uh, continue to uh, chime out MMA picks and predictions every single week. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Jordan. You got to go on down there to do a science in Chicago. Let's get to this fight card, the last one of 2022. And you know, just talking to Lou Finnecaro about the main event, we have Jared Cannonier against Sean Strickland, evenly priced here, minus a dollar ten either way, and it does get to that feeling of Sean Strickland is such a wild card sometimes mentally 
You don't know where he is. Physically, did you see anything in the weigh-in today that might make it concerning? Because we're hearing rumors of Strickland now saying, I don't know how much longer I can fight a middleweight. Yeah, it did look a little bit odd that when he was going to the scale, he wasn't sure where he was going to end up at 186 or 185. And it looked like it was probably a little bit harder of a cut than it has been in, in years past. But you're right. The, the dude is a complete head case. And it's so hard to handicap a Sean Strickland fight because he's such a talented fighter. Uh, you know, he's got a very good wrestling base that he can rely on. He's obviously got cardio for days, and he's got one of the best jabs, not just in the middleweight division, uh, but I think in the entire sport of mixed martial arts. And you couple that with his aggressiveness and and, and the character that he brings in and out of the uh, octagon, um, he, he's a talented fighter. But, like, sometimes he just he, he doesn't fight with the right game plan. Case <laughs> in point, well, we just saw him the last time he was in the octagon, Alex Pereira, and, and knocked him out. And, I, look, I was on the wrong side of that. I thought Sean Strickland was going to utilize wrestling and combo that with his pressure, his boxing boxing game, and, and grind out a decision. So I, I get why this fight's a pick because it could go either way. I mean, you know, Sean Strickland could come out and, and utilize the jab and frustrate Jared Cannonier and maybe get some takedowns because Jared Cannonier has been susceptible to uh, takedowns. Or is he going to be dumb, that being Sean Strickland, and stand and trade with a guy that can knock you out in round one or round five and, or, or finish you with leg kicks? It's so hard to figure out a Sean Strickland fight. And that's the problem, right? And now you have Jared Cannonier, another guy who's been fluctuating in weight, now down to middleweight, a former guy that fought at heavyweight. So, you know, he's back down to 185 here. The game plan for Cannonier, utilize those leg, kick, leg kicks. Do you think he takes it deep into the night? Do you think he's going to look for an early knockout like Pajara did against Strickland? I think he's going to look for his opening. I don't think that he – I'm on the side of Cannoneer because I don't believe that he's going to be as affected uh, by the pressure in, in the boxing game uh, of Sean Strickland. Now, if, if Strickland reverts back to his wrestling, you know, you'll have to probably switch your, your play live. But I just don't trust it. So I think Jared Cannoneer, he carries that power for five rounds. He's going to be able to go hard for five rounds. He's not going to be uh, affected by the, the pressure and, and the cardio game of Sean Strickland. So – Who's going to win a, a kickboxing match? I'm going to side with a guy that's going to carry power through rounds one through five and have the versatility to utilize those leg kicks. Sean Strickland really doesn't have, you know, a versatile striking game. He's a boxer uh, with a strong jab. I think Jared Cannonier at Pickham or at, as an underdog is well worth the investment because I think he lands one shot and, and the lights could go out for Sean Strickland. All right, so you and Lou both on Jared Cannonier in the main event. The Bobby Green fight against Drew Dover, potentially three rounds there. Really feels like it could be a, a high-profile fight here uh, before we get to, to the main event of the night. And we're seeing Bobby Green right now about plus $1.30 to plus $1.35 out there, depending on, on your shop here. DraftKings has him at plus $1.30. Dover minus $1.50. A lot of talking this week from Bobby Green. Uh, he's been very open about, you know, his, his suspension and, you know, it was, it was an error. He's not a cheater. Dover kind of called him out on that. What do you make of this matchup? Looks like it could have some fireworks written all over it. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, with, with two of these guys, I mean, they, they're they're such exciting fighters, and I, I don't, I can't ever re recall a boring Drew Dober fight. <laughs> and Bobby Green's always down to scrap, and yeah, he always adds a little bit of personality uh, in and out of the cage uh, to the fight that he's in. But if you look at it from a matchup standpoint, I mean, Drew Dober's got some really powerful guy. Uh, I think we saw one of his best performances when he when he finished Brad Riddell in an absolute barn burner. Uh, you know, his comeback, uh, you know, win a, a couple of fights ago as well was, was against Terrence McKinney was mm -hmm. extremely impressive. But here's the thing, like Bobby Green, 
if you think Bobby Green's going to win the fight, you put him, you play him via decision because that's how Bobby Green wins fights. He he ekes out, you know, unanimous decisions or split decisions. And, and look, if this is a boxing match or a kickboxing match, Bobby Green's got an opportunity because I I don't think Drew Dober could finish him. I don't think Bobby Green's going to get finished by Drew Dober via strikes. And I, I doubt Drew Dober's got a submission game that's going to threaten Bobby Green. So. I think this is also kind of a virtual pick but because Bobby Green is very slick with his striking, he's able to rotate that shoulder when, when the strikes are coming in. I, I'll take him at plus money to win the fight and then add a little bit more juice uh, or, or play in that uh, to win via decision because I think Drew Dober needs to knock somebody out to get a win, and I just don't think he can do it against Bobby Green. Yeah, two to one if you like Bobby Green to get that decision victory. Again, plus thirty if you like him at any point of the three rounds. But I, I'm I'm with you on that. It feels like that's the way Bobby Green's going to win. If he frustrates Dober, it's going to be, be that Matador and Bull scenario here. So if Bobby Green can utilize that movement, it could be a frustrating night for Drew Dober. That is for sure. The co-main event does have the chance to be another one of those potential fight of the nights uh, with Tarzuki and against Isma Gulov here. What do you make of the matchup? Uh, right now, we're seeing about minus $1.90 for Tarzuki. And uh, right now, Isma Gulov in the comeback is plus $1.60. Yeah, I, I just, look, I think actually the book's still out in both of these guys. And they're two of the best lightweights that we have on the planet. Um, it's just, you know, where's the fight going to go? Tarzuki, obviously, I think, has got the better wrestling game. Can he get the takedowns working? Usman Gulov, like, like this, like says he comes from a wrestling base and like <laughs> says he can get takedowns. But like, I think he was, he was 0 for six and 0 for four respectively in his last two fights. Um, but I'll say this, Usman Gulov, you know, if this fight is standing, like he's going to have an opportunity. I think he looked really good against Diego Moises. We know how talented that guy is. Joel Alvarez, another guy that, that both guys have fought. Both guys looked impressive against. Uh, just rookie, and I think I think a lot of people like you know they they make out of uh, a lot of his UFC debut, which was that short notice fight and competitive fight against now the UFC lightweight champion. Um, uh, so I, I, I think Tzrukian should be favored. I think that the smart play is this fight goes to the judges' scorecards. Obviously, that's heavily juiced to the over. Both guys really not finishers, um, but I think that's the play because I think Usman Gulov can surprise some people. Uh, especially at that, at that value. So maybe I'm telling you, Dave, small sprinkle on Usman Gulov, but the fight goes to the judges' scorecards would be my absolute play on that one. Minus 265, you think it at least goes over two and a half rounds. Could be a popular parlay play. But yeah, it does feel like a fight that's probably going to hit the cards by the end of the night. All right, when you look at a fight here, uh, you got Cody Brundridge in here as a as a dog right now, a, a sizable dog against Michael Oleg Jaychuk. Uh, Brundridge plus 240, Michael Lowe minus 285. How do you handicap that one, Jordan? I think someone's lights are probably going out. Uh, oh, mm. Jay check is, is a knockout artist. I mean, look, he looked great in his middleweight debut, but it was against smile and Sam. Yeah. We know that smile and Sam has not been the same fighter for quite some time. Love the guy. Um, but oh, and Jay check, what, what does he struggle with after it gets out of that, that first round, round and a half, uh, and, and against a, a powerful wrestler, a guy with a good overhand, right. That, you know, Cody Brundage has, has cash for me. In his two previous wins, uh, and, and he's you know he's been the underdog. I think he's got an op- an apple opportunity once again to shock some people because I'm not sure if Owen Jacek is truly suited to be at, at 185 and take on a grinder like that. But either way, I think we're getting a finish. I'll even go further and say it's under one and a half. Ooh. If you're not confident in that, and you think Brundage survives because he has been tagged uh, in his against Gore, he was tagged. 
and then was able to, you know, get out of that and, and get the finish. Um, I think Brundage is worth a play because of the wrestling style, uh, his toughness. Uh, he looked fine on the weigh-ins, even though it took him a little bit of time to get to the scale. And I just don't trust Owen Jacek uh, to carry the power after that first seven and a half, eight minutes of the fight. So uh, I think a finish for sure. I recommend that because I think either guy could put each other's lights out. But I think small play on Brundage because I think he's got value as the underdog. Yeah, again, uh, for the fight to go the distance, which is not likely, according to Jordan, I, I agree. It's two to one for a reason there, plus 200 for that fight to hit the cards. Probably not the way to go. All right, got about uh, 45 seconds to go, Jordan. Is there another fight on the card in the last one of 2022 that you still see some value in uh, 24 hours before we get to it? I can't believe that like we're uber confident in Julian Arosa, but like he's got a very favorable matchup with Alice Caceres. You know, guys with power have caused Julian Arosa issues. But if it's a, if it's a fight that's going to be about volume, which is you know Bruce Bruce Leroy is, mm-hmm. uh, I think Arosa has an opportunity to 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 win in a straight money line at dollar seventy. The guy's in his third stint in the UFC, and he's uber impressive this this third time around. So I like Julian Arosa, strict money line. Get his hand raised on Saturday night. He just doesn't go away. He's always around. Uh, Jordan, we appreciate all of your insight in 2022. Enjoy this last fight card, and I'll catch up with you in 2023, my friend. Right. There Happy he is. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. There he is. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, the king of Chicago, Jordan Sherwood. When we come back, Dan Vreeland joins the program. Come on back. It is First Strike on Visa the Sports Betting Network. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start your mornings with VEASAN's newest podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gets you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movements, injuries, and what you need to be looking at before you make those wagers. So make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We roll on this edition of First Strike here on VEASAN. Can't believe it's already the final card of 2022. Always a pleasure to have Daniel Vreeland join us. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Gumby Vreeland. And Dan, I always have to put my glasses on because you've got a lot of things going on, my friend. You got the gambling podcast, you got Cade Side Press, uh, Top Turtle MMA, SGPN MMA. You got a lot of things going on. After this final card of 2022, how do you fill the void of one month of no UFC? 
Uh, we, we talk about everything. We, we've got shows lined up about, you know, Japanese MMA. Actually, we've got a show in Czech Republic that we're going to be covering awesome. soon. So, yeah, I fit, I fit with whatever I can. We, we even watch the little stuff. Yeah, it's cool. You still get it done. Your show must go on. Dan Vreeland's still getting it done, even though the UFC is going to take a month off. Uh, let's start off with some of the plays that you like. I'm going to start off with the co-main event here with uh, Ismagulov against Tarzukian here. Again, potentially fight of the night. We're expecting to see possibly a lot of grappling out of Tarzuki and maybe Ismogulov tries to keep this fight standing. Right now, Armin is minus $1.90. Uh, the comeback in Ismogulov is plus $1.60. How do you see this co-main event playing out? You know, I, I think you outlined it perfectly. I, I think you're going to see a lot of grappling wanting to be led by Armand Sarukian. But the problem is, is he's fighting a guy in Demir Ismogulov who is a pretty damn good grappler in his own right. So at the end of the day here, what I really think is going to happen in this fight is we're going to see a couple of guys who have good wrestling, but they mostly cancel each other out because that, that's really what we've seen with Armand Sarukian mm -hmm. in the past. If he's fought a guy who is a good grappler, you know, it winds up taking place mostly on the feet. And I think Demir Ismogulov has got a big advantage on the feet here. I think he's faster. I think he's a little bit craftier. I think he's harder to hit when he's on the feet than Sarukian is. I'm really surprised to see this line continuously go up for Demir Ismogulov. Because if you looked at this like a week ago, it was pretty much a pickup. Yeah. Uh, you, you could get him at like both negative 110, maybe Ismogulov at plus 110. But to see him up where he is now is kind of incredible. And because he's not a finisher, too, if you're already going to bet the side of Demir Ismogulov, the fact that you can get him by decision at plus 240, I, I mean, like, that's even easier money, um, in my opinion. 240, yeah, via decision, because we don't see really a stoppage uh, playing itself out here. Again, uh, Tarzukian plus 350 for KRT, KRT, DQ. On the other side is Magulov plus 750. So it feels like a card that's going to go to, to uh, a fight that's going to go to the cards. And if that's the case, I mean, Tarzukian's already seen that firsthand. Ismogulov could really be in play there at plus 240 via decision. I do want to go down this card. Amir uh, Albazi is going to take on Alessandro Costa here. Albazi right now a big favorite, almost a $4 betting favorite. Is this too big a price tag in your opinion? I think it's a little bit too big of a price tag. Uh, and, and the reason is not because I don't believe in Amir Albazi. I love Amir Albazi. I've actually been saying he's one of the most underrated flyweights in the world for, for quite some time. After his debut, I, I was in on this guy. But the fact of the matter is... We don't know a lot about Alessandro Costa. You know, we got to see his fight on Contender Series. Mm -hmm. He looked all right, but not great. But in the same token, we haven't seen him on the ground. We haven't seen him have to defend grappling. We, I don't really know what he looks like there. I've seen, you know, a little bit of regional stuff here and there. But even then, I haven't seen him off his back. Albazi is a guy who finishes, but when he finishes, it's mostly on the ground. It's rear naked chokes. It's ground and pound. It's that kind of thing. So on the feet, I remember Costa looking dangerous. On the ground, I have no clue, and that's where Albazi wants to be. So who, who knows what Costa will look like, whether or not he'll be able to stuff some takedowns and force him to box with them a little bit. So at the end of the day, if you told me, you know, gun to your head, you got to pick a winner here, I'm, of course, picking Amir Albazi. But you're right, that, that like four to one price tag there, I don't really love it here for, for Albazi. If you see the sub price at plus $1.10 for Amir, do you go that route, Dan, instead of laying that almost four to one price tag? I feel like if you really want to bet at Amir Obezi here, you, you really think that like this is a spot where you, you want to get some money on him. Like, yeah, the submission prop probably makes the most sense. Um, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to see this go to decision if Costa does have good defensive grappling skills. But again, because there's so many unknowns there, 
I'm a little bit gun shy in picking one, but yeah, submission is probably the one. We got a lot of uh, info, certainly on Drew Dober and Bobby Green. A very interesting matchup uh, this weekend here. Green right now, small small dog, about a plus a dollar thirty. Dober minus a dollar fifty. Again, you go back to the Terrence McKinney fight for Drew Dober. A fight looked like he was n- done out. Comes back and gets the stoppage of McKinney here. Bobby not known for that kind of power. Right, that that Dover possesses more of a guy that's going to frustrate you with his movement. How do you see this one playing out in the lightweight division? We know you. I think you outlined that one perfectly too. In that Bobby Green is a guy who uses a lot of movement and a lot of volume. Right, like his idea here is he's going to overwhelm you and kind of put you under. And with the exception of you know knocking out Ally Akita, who had one foot into real estate and <laughs> one foot in the cage, he he. He hasn't knocked anybody out, right? So you've got a guy who's trying to overwhelm you with with volume and overwhelm you and hurt you that way with with it building up against a guy who doesn't get hurt, right? Like Drew Dober doesn't get hurt. We saw that with Terrence McKinney. So I actually like Drew Dober here, Mm. particularly on the money line, because Bobby Green is so durable. You know, there's a good chance that he survives here. But, you know, Dober's got the power. So I'm not trying to get too fancy with the – the pick here when it comes to exact method, but I do really like the Drew Dober money line because I just think like that idea of overwhelming Drew Dober, it's just not a thing that you can rely on. Yeah, really hard to do. And again, you see the over right now, juiced over two and a half to minus $1.75 because a thought process is there that Bobby might not have the power necessary to knock out Dober. And we know how tough Bobby Green is. So maybe Dober uh, can win this fight. If you like it by decision here for Drew Dober, plus 225 if that one does Hit the cards. We saw that uh, Machete did not make weight against Rafa Garcia here. Does that change your opinion of that uh, fight handicap? Not really, because I was already on Rafa Garcia. Um, I actually think Rafa Garcia is a big spot here because, you know, first of all, I- I'm seeing Mach- Machete or Machete. Man, mm-hmm. I do. I butcher that. Poor it's guy's a tough name one. All the time. Yeah. Um, but I see him at plus 115. He was a little bit higher earlier. And now that he's missed weight, you know, you're seeing that number fluctuate here and there. But the bottom line for him is, I don't think he can continuously stuff the takedown of Rafa Garcia. I I think people sleep on how good of a wrestler Rafa Garcia is because he's got some losses in there and he doesn't particularly hold people down well, but I really think he's going to hit him with voluminous takedowns. I think he's going to get, you know, two or three around. And yeah, at the end of the day, it might not accumulate much top time. You might not accumulate much damage, but he's going to tire out a guy now who we now know had trouble making weight. Right. Because it's also not one of those big misses where you're like, he didn't try it was a couple pounds and he still couldn't make the last couple of pounds. So it really feels like there's a spot here where there's a guy who missed weight, who's going to run out of energy. It is going to be pushed to the brink against a good wrestler. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The missing weight is always a flag that you should certainly take into account before you, you place those wagers. Uh, let's get to the second fight of the night here. David Dvorak against Manal Cape and uh, a cop rather right now is minus 250 and Dvorak on the comeback is plus 210. What do you make of this one uh, to help kick off this card? You know, this one's interesting because I think Dvorak has a lot of really great skills that make him a tough out for pretty much every flyweight in the UFC. You know, he, he does a really good job with his footwork, backing you up against the cage. He's actually got some really great clinch body lock takedowns once he has you up against the cage. But the problem here is he's up against a really vicious striker in who has all of a sudden decided he's going to fight like we saw him fight in Ryzen, right? Mm-hmm. He was amazing when he was over in Japan, uh, in other regional seats that he fought in Europe for a while. He was amazing there because he was vicious. In his first two fights in the UFC, he looked complacent. And they were against good opponents, right? He fought Pantoja right out of the gate. And it didn't look good because he couldn't pull the trigger. Now that he's pulling the trigger, he looks dangerous again. And I think that's dangerous for a guy like Dvorak, who 
bides his time, who tries to work away slowly, because now that that's not Manel Cape's game, I think Cape is just going to walk him down and hurt him really quickly here. Because, you know, it, it was a little bit closer of a fight when this was first posted. You're seeing the money coming on Cape. And I think people are realizing that maybe we shouldn't have put as much stock in those first two fights as we did originally. Uh, very quickly, Dan, we got Morozov against uh, Newsom in the very first fight here. Sergey, right now over $3 betting favorite to start off this card. Uh, do you think that is properly priced? I think it's about properly priced. He's fought some really high-level competition. It's so hard to count a guy out when he's got a bad record and you see the likes of the names that he's fought. And, and the other thing is I've seen him in M1 Global. He, he fought for that Russian promotion for a long time. And when you saw him there, he fought some really high-level names there as well. So th this is a guy long with competition. He's fighting Journey Newsom, a guy who got knocked out by Randy Costa. I don't think Morozov is a guy who's got big knockout power, but we know that Journey Newsom's chin is already kind of questionable. And when Morozov can get his takedowns going, he's really tough to beat. The, the people who have beat him are ones who can stop his takedowns. I'm not sure Junior Newsom is that guy. I will say Newsom has a puncher's chance. If you're going to bet him, you know, skip the plus 250 and get right in on his knockout line, whatever that might be. But for Morozov, you know, I, I really think he, he could win this just about any way he wants to. I kind of see him dragging it to the ground and making it a long night for, for Journey Newsom. I uh, shortchanged you on the main event, but I got about 30 seconds. I need your take here very quickly. Cannonier or Strickland in a fight right now, evenly priced at minus $1.10. I just think Cannonier is too strong. I think he's too powerful. I think Sean Strickland isn't going to be able to put him away. And the fact that he has to stand 25 minutes in front of that dude throwing bombs, I don't think he can do it. Yeah, I don't want to stand in front of Jared Cannonier for 25 <laughs> minutes. Hey, Dan, I appreciate it as always, my friend. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll catch you on the other side in 2023. There he is, everybody, Dan Vreeland. When we come back, Reed Kuhn going to go to Washington, D.C. to put a bow on this edition of First Strike on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here in Las Vegas for First Strike, the final First Strike of 2022. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. Always a pleasure to go out to Washington, D.C. and be joined by Reed Kuhn. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Fightnomics. He is the author of a book of the same name. Reed, UFC 282 last week, your wine pairing, your meal, everything looks spectacular. 
What do you do for the month off now that we get a full month off until we talk again in 2023? Uh, well, first and foremost, I recover from that party, <laughs> that nine hour dinner party. Uh, whenever you show people to the door at 3 a.m., it's usually yeah, it's, it, you can declare it a success. It was a good one. Uh, so I'm going to recover. I'm going to get ready for the holidays. Uh, I don't mind a little bit of time off from crunching the numbers in between each week. Uh, so this this card will be, yeah, uh, I'll take some time off. I'll update my database and actually get up to speed and kick off the new year right. I can't wait for UFC 283 already to see what you pair with your food and, and your wine selections, Reed. Uh, let's get to this final card here because it really is a, a pretty good one coming on the heels of the pay-per-view a week ago. In the main event, obviously, Jared Cannonier against Sean Strickland. you got a lot of data on these guys. It's different for Cannonier because here's a guy that's fluctuated in so many different weight classes now down here at middleweight. How do you put in those numbers? You put in that raw data. Doesn't matter if it's a light heavy or heavyweight and now at middleweight. So I'm not factoring in the weight class shift, at least not in the numbers. Uh, after that, I might look at a pick and say, wait a minute, this is a little risky. Somebody's uh, going up in size or somebody's going down and might, they might have an advantage. I do note here that Strickland was a welterweight. Cannoneer was fighting at light heavyweight. That's a pretty drastic switch. Mm -hmm. So I usually wait to see what the pick is. And in this case, I have a lean towards Cannoneer. And in this case, the weight class switching doesn't bother me as much because I think Cannoneer is used to bigger opponents. He's knocked them out too. Uh, Strickland succeeded at welterweight. He has also succeeded at middleweight. But Honestly, he didn't look that great on the scales today. So uh, now all that aside, I'm just more confident in taking a lean otherwise than if the weight class switch was working against me. Yeah, I'm with you there. If you saw Sean Strickland weighing in, he did not look like a good weight cut here for Strickland in this middleweight bout, maybe alluding to the fact that he's going to have to go up to a new weight class there. Uh, very quickly, I'm not sure if, if the models have shown you anything on the totals here. We're seeing four and a halfs here uh, pretty much for this main event, obviously potentially a five-round fight. Do we think this fight potentially goes long? Because over four and a half right now is juiced slightly at minus $1.35. I think if you're backing Strickland, you're, you think it's going to play out on the over. So when you look at these two guys, they match up very well. They're both very accurate. They have succeeded in knocking people down, but they've also eaten some knockdowns when, in a, terms of a stand-up striking war. We don't expect this to go to the ground. So if they are in a duel... Strickland is going to be playing that high-paced jab game where he pressures people. Mm -hmm. And when you break down jab versus power strike, Strickland is the only guy on the card with so few power strikes. He is majority jab, whereas Cannoneer is the opposite. He is throwing bombs each time. Like, the name is very fitting here. So I, I think it's Cannoneer early or it's Strickland over. But, I, again, I'm leaning Cannoneer here. And you combine these guys, they've been dropped eight times between them. So if they're in a striking duel for five rounds, I think someone is going to get rocked. I'm just banking on Cannoneer being the first one to do it. Yeah, plus money right now, plus uh, five here in the under four and a half if you do think somebody might go. And, look, we saw Strickland go rather quickly against Alex Pajara. Maybe he, he'll keep his hands up for Jared Cannonier here for those bombs that are going to be coming uh, for potentially up to five rounds. The co-main event of the night should be really intriguing. Obviously, Armin Tarzukian against Demir Ismagulov here. Tarzukian's been bet up a little bit as this fight week has gone on, now up to a minus $1.90. Reed, what are you seeing in the numbers now? And, and sometimes it feels like maybe with the way the money goes, it shows you value in that dog. Is that a case here? Yeah, I think there is some value in the dog here. I say this, I have backed Sarukian throughout his career with the exception of his last fight. I was on the dog there and I thought he had a shot versus uh, it was Gamrot and Gamrot actually pulled the upset there. Um, so 
I, I do see some cracks in the armor here with Sarukian. Otherwise, historically, I've been backing him. So Demir, who I don't really know much about, he's kind of been under the radar. You stack these guys up, we have two very competent grapplers. Now, on paper, Demir gets a slight edge there. And I think that's what's steering the numbers towards Demir for an upset. I do see this as being close, uh, probably an over situation, but a grinder of a fight with Damir, who has been dominant on the mat, I'm going to back the better wrestler, at least on paper, if I'm getting clear plus money. And that's the thing here. You see how juiced heavily it is to two and a half over uh, minus 265. It just doesn't seem like there's much of a potential for this fight to not go to the cards, Reed. Because again, look at the KO props here. Plus 750 for Ismagulov. Plus 350 for Tarzuki in here. If you like him by sub, look at Ismagulov. 28 to 1. So, Kind of the numbers are almost leading us to that over, are they not? They are. And look, on paper, you only have three knockdowns scored between them combined. You have zero submission attempts. So these guys are not submission fighters. They are wrestlers, ground and pounders. And yes, that will win rounds, but it's not finishing people at the same rate. So that's why I do think this is going over. If you're looking for a prop, Demir by split decision might be a lottery ticket, uh, but it's probably going the over and I'm going to take the dog. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It feels like this is going to be one of those fights that goes to the cards. And whenever they go to the cards, as we've seen, certainly at UFC 282, hold your breath, no matter which side you might be on. Uh, We got Bruce Leroy back in there. Whenever you have Alex Caceres, I don't know what to expect really in an Alex Caceres fight against Julian Arosa here. Arosa right now, uh, the betting favorite minus a dollar seventy. Uh, we got Bruce Leroy plus a dollar forty-five. What do you make of Caceres now? These guys, you think they're long in the tooth, but really still thirty-four and thirty-three, maybe still in their fight primes. Yeah, Caceres came in really young. I remember watching him on the Ultimate Fighter show, uh, and he's now been in there a long time. 313 minutes of octagon time. That is ridiculous. Uh, He's been around and done it. Uh, But when you stack him up on paper, he actually lines up very well against Arosa. He actually has edges in almost every single metric. So Caceres does have a shot here. And one glaring thing that sticks out, if you're looking for who has the worst head strike defense on this card, it's Julian Arosa at 56%. He's letting people tee off on him. And you can't do that with Caceres. Caceres is a very accurate he fights long, so he's a he's a good striker for that type of game. So he's going to land some punches. The question is, can he stay off his back? He also has submissions, but Arosa might be the first one to put this on the mat. I still like Caceres here. I think he has potential. I don't I don't want to play the over under here. Uh, these are featherweights. These are smaller guys, uh, but there is some submission potential and even knockout potential. But I. I'm going to back off that. I just like the fact that there's upset potential. Yeah, you get that plus money with Caceres and, and maybe not get too cute with the method of victory there. You see 10 to 1 for Caceres via Savarosa, 5 to 1 there. So again, uh, the over minus an hour, 65, two and a half rounds. But I'm with you. There is some finishing potential as wild as some of these fights can be with these guys. Uh, look, Bobby Green, you, like he's had a lot to say this week, uh, certainly leading up to this fight with Drew Dober. Uh, some controversy involved there. Dober kind of calling out for uh, you know the USADA suspension. I think it really rubbed Bobby the wrong way. What do you make of this fight? And I wonder if any of that stuff plays into the numbers because I know you have good data on both these guys. Yeah, we got plenty of sample size to work with here. Um, and, and Green has been a little bit frustrating over the years. He's been hit or miss. I've backed him on upsets and been happy. I've seen him tank and just not do much in a fight. So I like the fact that he's motivated here because I see potential for an upset in the numbers. That seems to be the theme two weeks in a row, lots of dogs. Now, last week it didn't work out. There, were, there was one upset on the entire card. <laughs> this week, I'm hoping for a lot more. 
I'm going to back green for the upset. I, I think he's just busier. He's got tighter defense. He does mix in grappling fairly well when, when he tries for it. And Dober has lost when he's faced better wrestlers. So those combinations show me some upset potential. And plus $1.30 for Bobby straight up. But if you think this fight goes to the cards, the way Bobby's style normally uh, works is it's going to be kind of stick and move and maybe hit the cards two to one there via decision. Is it too tricky to, to take that extra money at decision price for Bobby? Or would you just stay with the plus $1.30? Yeah, in this case, I think you do. I think you can play him by decision. In general, I do like the over because I am backing Bobby Green. Dover is clearly the knockout threat. He has seven knockdowns scored. He's going to be the the more power striker. Uh, but I think if you're going with Green, if you're backing that upset, you're you're banking on you know back and forth, not tons of action. You know Bobby Green shaking off and shrugging and pretending like he didn't get hit. Uh, that's going to add up, but it, it adds time to that clock. And so I like the over here. And that, that's what plays to my story with Barbara Green. Uh, normally, Reed, I know you don't like to play a lot of uh, big favorites, but you see a couple here, and uh, Morozov, and certainly with Jake Matthews as well. Would you think about a parlay situation for these guys that are both over $3 betting favorites? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I actually was looking at these numbers when Jake Matthews was closer to a 2-to-1 favorite. Now he's a 3-to-1 favorite. Uh, you know, Quantitatively, odds are predictive. That's part of this, and, and you tend to shift as the market shifts. And so this feels like a pass. I actually have different ways of breaking these down and I'm coming up with different answers in this matchup. And that's because they, they look decent on paper. Um, Jake Matthews should be the favorite. Yes. Has the price gone too far? Maybe Um, I'm probably going to pass. And then if there's a big upset, I'm going to kick myself later. (laughs) Uh, But uh, you know, before this price move happened, I was, I was thinking that Jake Matthews was good parlay fodder. And in terms of who spends the most time on the mat controlling people on this entire card, it's Jake Matthews. Reed, I want to thank you, not just for this, but uh, for the entire year as well. You do great work. Again, follow him at Fightnomics. Enjoy this final fight card, my friend. We'll see you in 2023. All right, there he is, everybody. Reed Coon. Also want to thank Britton Ness, Rob Moreno. They do a great job here at First Strike on Visa. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you in 2023. Thanks for watching First Strike. Of course, subscribe on YouTube. And we always have First Strike First look for you each and every Tuesday as we give you the best of the numbers before we get to First Strike each and every Friday. So download on iHeart, Apple, or your favorite podcast. Thanks for watching First Strike on VEASAN, the sports betting network. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.